Listener Production. Our market has been trending higher today. What were the key drivers? And which sector of the Australian share market powered higher today? Good afternoon, I'm Laura. I'm Craig. It's Thursday, the 14th of September. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Well, Craig, welcome back. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. Good, good to be back on another positive day. We... I know. We seem to be getting you on the potty every time it's positive. And then when it's Stevie and I back together, the market's falling. But it's a it's a good day to report. It's been quite an interesting week so far, actually, on the Aussie market. Of course, we lifted on Monday and Tuesday. Yesterday, we reversed all of those gains. Mm. But today, we're on track for a lift of roughly two-thirds of 1%, which puts us back in positive territory for the week. So we'll have to wait and see what happens tomorrow and, of course, how how we do end up closing because, of course, we are recording this ahead of market close. So we've got about 20 minutes until the market closes. But a lot's happened in the past 24 hours, hasn't it, Craig? A lot has happened. We've got the US inflation figures. Remember, we were on treading on tender hooks. Mm. We're on tender hooks ahead of those figures. Uh, They came out broadly as expected. The core of the underlying measure of prices in the United States was up by 0.3%. Market was looking for 0.2, but Mm. it was more or less on the mark. The annual rate fell from 4.7% to 4.3%. So that's the lowest that we've seen since September 2021. Mm -hmm. Uh, The headline rate, though, is lifted by gasoline prices. Mm. And we will see the same thing happening here in Australia. And that's the concern about inflation at the moment. A 0.6% rise in the headline rate, it rose from 3.2% to 3.7%, which was the highest rate of inflation since June of 2022. So uh, a little bit of a mixed result, I suppose, and we saw that in terms of mixed share markets in the United States as well. It didn't provide a convincing lead-in for our market, but we've gone our own way today. We've <laughs> gone our own way higher, and I think you know, there's a degree of optimism about our overall economy, how it's doing. Exactly right. And just a refresher on core inflation that strips out uh, volatile things like food and energy while headline inflation keeps that in. And at the moment, markets are expecting basically no chance of a rate hike in the US in their, in their meeting next week. It's just a 2% chance at the moment. So it didn't get any steeper, didn't go lower, r- remained about the same levels after that inflation report came out last night, but we do also have another report coming out tonight, which we'll get to at the tail end of this podcast. But locally, there was a lot happening as well with the jobs data. Yeah, unemployment rate remained unchanged at 3.7% in August. And so that's an encouraging thing that you know, so it hasn't gone too much higher and hasn't gone too much lower. And what we're seeing is a degree of job growth in the latest month, Almost 65,000 jobs created Mm. in the space of one month. So this is a timing effect. We saw the July figures were down by around about 15,000. We're up around about 65,000. And I think, you know, so you do have to average these figures out. That has no implications for for the Reserve Bank for the simple reason that we had the Women's World Cup, you know, sort of in Australia over that period of time. Probably saw a lot of uh, part-time jobs created. In fact, more than 62,000 Part-time jobs were created in the month, only 2,800 in terms of full-time. So I think you basically got to just get the red line, rule through this mm-hmm. result, and it basically doesn't have any great implication. We had some population figures as well, 2.2% annual growth of population. It's growing quite nicely at the moment. Western Australia is leading the way up, up 2.8%, Victoria and Queensland following behind. 
but 563,205 more people in the last 12 months. That's and you go, you go back over time, you cannot find a bigger result. So you're wondering you know, so why it's so hard to, to be able to find a place to rent, find a home to, to live in. You know, so what we're seeing at the moment is just strong growth of uh, population. And we need to build the homes. And that's, that's what's creating at the moment with strong momentum for our economy. That's a massive jump and that's obviously affecting what we're seeing in the data. And now the implication on interest rates. So basically at the moment in Australia, there's almost no chance of a rate hike next month as well, which will happen in the early part of October. So I guess central banks around the world are basically in that wait and see Mm, mode still. They're probably going to be on pause, but they're not closing the door just yet on any more rate hikes down the track. So they're going to be very data dependent. And the data that's coming out so far has been pointing in the right direction, but there's still room to move. We'll get there. We'll get there over time in terms of inflation. It may take another one or two more rate hikes down down the track. Maybe, maybe. If it doesn't fall into line, but you will have to wait and see. And as you say, wait and see in terms of the interest rates, Australian interest rates on hold, US interest rates on hold as well. Yep, exactly right. And in terms of sector performance, for most of the day, we've only seen one sector down, which is healthcare, the others lifting. At the moment, we've got consumer discretionary basically flat and consumer staples is a little bit lower as well. But we're really charging higher with those miners and bank stocks today, aren't we? Yeah, and when you think about it, the, the materials or the mining sector and the financials account for broadly half of the, the Australian share market. So, so uh, we've got Fortescue shares up by 4.7% heading into the close, Rio Tinto up by 2.4%. Uh, the banks are doing well, NAB and ANZ were up by 1.1%. As you mentioned, it was healthcare dragged down by CSL, down mm. 7 tenths of 1%. Yes, yes, CSL is, of course, the biggest company in the healthcare sector. So when that's down, that can drag the broader sector down. And yes, we are seeing all major banks lifting as we head into the close of trade. But we've also had a number of stocks trading ex-dividend today. Yeah, we've had 24 stocks, only seven of those in the ASX 200. And Clean Away, Fletcher, Ingham, Kelsian, South 32, Spark New Zealand and Seven Group all traded the ex-dividend without the benefit of their dividend today. Looking ahead to uh, Friday, the six stocks which will go ex-dividend, only one of those in the ASX 200. So what we see is gradually over time, fewer stocks trading ex-dividend and more companies paying out their mm. the dividends. The, the lack of the ex-dividend stocks may provide you know, some support for the Australian share market later in September and into October. Exactly right, because generally when a stock trades ex-dividend, it will trade lower on that day because the investor won't be eligible to receive that dividend. So generally the shares will drop on that day. We also had GUD Holdings paying out its dividend today, 22 cents per share, and a few other smaller companies. But we had Maya a little bit late to the party, handing down its annual profit results for the period ending 29th of July, 2023. So I guess that's why they release theirs a little bit later. They seem to go off a little bit of a different period, not ending on on the Mm. 30th of June. Yeah, so there were some good numbers in the report over the year. Even though consumer spending is slowing, especially in quarter four, Maya flagged a softer quarter, but they still delivered their best annual results since 2005, which is pretty significant if you ask me, considering, you know, um, how things are going, especially in the retail space. And their total sales rose 12.5%. 
Profit was higher too, up 18% to $71 million. They did, however, say that trading in the early part of the new financial year has been subdued, and that's obviously on the back of consumers spending less money. It will pay a smaller dividend as well compared to the same time last year, which is just going to be one cent per share, and that will be paid to eligible shareholders on the 16th of November. So at the moment, we're seeing my shares a little bit wobbly. They were down for most of the session. They're roughly flat at the moment. Uh, we also heard from Downer EDI, uh, it secured a $750 million defence contract from the Australian Defence Force. It's a significant amount, but the project is still a long way down the track. We've got the project to begin early 2026, so it's a long way down <laughs> the track, and it's going to be completed in 2029. The ADF, the Australian Defence Force, is redeveloping the RAAF base in, in Woomera, uh, that range complex there. It's Australian military and civil aerospace uh, complex in, in South Australia. Uh, what we saw is downer shares uh, heading into the close. It was up by around about 1%. Exactly right. Maybe investors aren't too optimistic because it's a little while away, but I think you have to plan these things in advance, yes, right? It doesn't just happen overnight. <laughs> Uranium miners were in focus today as well. This isn't something that we talk about too often here on this podcast but they charged higher after the World Nuclear Association. And that's basically just an international organisation involved in promoting nuclear power and supporting those companies that make up the global nuclear industry. Well, today they said that uranium demand will double by 2040. And this was based on increasingly favourable government policies over the past couple of years, which encourage low or zero emission energy sources. So, on the back of this news, we're seeing stocks like Paladin Energy, which is one of the bigger ones, and Boss Energy lifting quite substantially. But plenty more things happening ahead tonight and tomorrow. So let's look ahead to tonight, first of all. We have the other side of inflation. So last night we had consumer inflation. Mm. Tonight we have producer inflation coming out. Yes, the producer price index um as for, for last night, the, the, the core measure of the, the consumer price index was expected to rise by two tenths of one percent. But we've got a similar sort of expectations about the producer price index. Uh, uh, as you were mentioning, you know, sort of in terms of uh, the Federal Reserve policy, they tend to like to look at the, the core measure, the measure which hasn't got the, the volatile food and energy in there. We've also got the, the weekly reading of uh, jobless claims, new claims for unemployment insurance. So it gives us a, a, a very... Uh, up-to-date picture about uh, the U.S. job market. And then on Friday, the Chinese data dump, as we like to call it. Uh, yes. Retail spending, industrial production and investment, uh, we've got the unemployment rate in there as well. So mm. all the major statistics will be released out of China tomorrow. Yep. That'll be definitely one to watch closely. We're definitely watching China's economy so closely at the moment and they're not doing so well. So we'll mm. wait and see what comes out of this data to see if we're any, there's any signs of a recovery from their economy. Maybe it will be uh, the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back where we'll see the government creating more stimulus or something more tangible because they've said they've provided stimulus, but they haven't done very much, have they? No, they haven't done very much as yet. And there's certainly the continued focus on the property sector in China. Definitely. Um, one thing that's uh, probably a little bit early you know, down the track, but remember last time we had a shutdown of the US government? Well, they're talking about the same thing you know, sort of happening fairly shortly. You know, so the 1st of October. Now, we're, I think we've always got to have signposts on the road ahead. 
And one of those is that we need to get past is that, that 1st of October. So see if there's any talk about that, you know, later tonight in the, the United States about, you know, succumbing to a resolution, particularly in terms of their budget matters. That'll definitely be one to watch. Tonight we also have the European Central Bank handing down its interest rate decision mm. where we could see a 25 basis point rate hike. And then tomorrow in Australia we don't really have any economic data coming out generally Fridays can be a little bit quieter, but we have Whitehaven Coal paying out its dividend of $0.42 per share. A few other companies like Estia Health, Pinnacle Investments, quite a few others, and six companies trading ex-dividend, as you mentioned earlier in the podcast, including car sales. Indeed. And um, we do have to look at the the dividend timeline. Uh, Next week, we've got something like $3.1 billion being paid out in terms of dividends. And then there's the biggie, you know, sort of over $21 billion is going to be paid out in dividends in the week ending September 29. So now we move into to the peak time, you know, sort of when companies are producing their, their dividends. And the big question is, what are people going to be doing with their dividends? Are they going to be reinvesting them? Are they going to be spending it? We certainly have this cost of living crisis. If we've got a cost of living crisis, perhaps, you know, so the dividends are going to be coming quite handy at the moment to pay a few bills. Absolutely. We'll leave it there and we'll chat with you guys again tomorrow. Thank you very much. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067254399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.